Driven Society Podcast. This is Franz Bowen. This is Trav Weeks. And we have a dope guest in the boat. Before we get to the guest, you know, we want to big up ourselves. You know what I'm saying? That's right. This weekend, we will be in the island of Bermuda. Doing what, Trav? Um, educating and vibing and for my island heads, liming mm. with the community out there with our first inaugural international conference, Inspired Bermuda. Facts. I'm talking about And today, before we get to our new family member, we have a, a sister that has not been with us in the building, but is always with us in spirit and be making things happen on a little this big is up a lick shot. Hello, hello. For the one up? and only Natalia Savera. That's me. <laughs> Why you say it with an accent? You got to roll the R. You, you know sure what I'm saying? Say Right. I ain't never heard <laughs> And he doesn't right. say Natal he's Natalia. Natalia. Well, I call her young I Nati. That. Facts. Young Nati's in the building. Hello, hello. Okay, and today we have the creator of 99 Eats. Oh yeah. The Sultan of the saucepan. Call me. Call me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you 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 never see nobody do prep work like this guy. Mm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Amaze balls, chef extraordinaire. And creator of the OG sauce. Yeah. Mr. Darrell Smith. Yes, sir. Oh man, it's super dope. I'm um, super dope to have you on the podcast. Man, I appreciate y'all having me. This has been like a year, yes. a year in the making. So yeah. I, I appreciate y'all following through and keeping the word. Yeah, for sure. For we sure. just had to get our weight up Absolutely. before we uh approach you and shit. Yeah, um, I mean it's just uh I mean, you know, we're a platform for creators and mm -hmm. for creatives and to be able to see your story, how, you know, especially unique creators who found a product or found um, content or found something that speaks to them and has a story behind their brand. We love to bring people like you on board to like talk and, and like express how you built your company. Why did you build a brand? So let's take it back from the very back, from the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, um, talk about, you know, what's your company and how to get started. So my company's name is 99 Eats. We um, basically do content and make meatballs right now. <laughs> um, we started in 2016 after I won a meatball competition in Brooklyn. Mm. And quickly after that, I formed an LLC, pitched Smorgasburg, and we, we got in. I have wow. no idea how. When we get into Smorgasburg, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I would cook meatballs in my kitchen. I would stay home from work, call a I was working from home, go to Brooklyn from Washington Heights, pick up a rental car, go uptown, pick up bread, wait for the street sweeper to come through, um, sit in the car, and then take work emails and cook meatballs from 9 a.m. all the way to 1 a.m. And now, like, we got our own kitchen. We just got into Barclays Center on a, a three-game trial. Wow. We, um, we got some important meetings coming up. I've been doing corporate caterings for the last couple years, and we just got back into Smorgasburg. Oh, wow. So fast forward, like the place we started at in Smorgasburg, um, now we're, we're back in it, and then we, we're just growing, man. So it's it's a blessing. That's crazy. Yeah. That's tremendous. But let's think. How do you even? How does one like? First of all, start where you from, uh -huh. and how do you even get into the culinary space? And to start, what was your first industry you worked in? What was the first couple of things you did? Absolutely. So I, I grew up in Philly, so West oh, Philadelphia. Nice. Yep. Okay. And Born then, and raised. On, oh yeah. Side, you know. Like, Actually, so I lived in Overbrook, which is oh, where shit. he grew up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to play basketball at Overbrook High, which, which <laughs> is crazy. the same park, which is cool. That's yeah. wild. But um. <laughs> When I was 13, I got jumped by like a gang of kids. Come on, bro. And, you... and 
I get jumped by four. Did you see the story taking that time? No, this is crazy, right? <laughs> and so I get jumped by um, these four kids, and then on the outskirts of their their brothers who were like high schoolers while we were like sixth, fifth or sixth grade maybe at this time. And um, yeah, they jumped me. They threw my shit on the on the building. My parents took them to court. My stepdad drove me around Philly looking for these kids so we could Whoa. find them one on one. But after that, they moved me to Delaware. And mm. so in Delaware, it was a little different. The academics were a little tougher. I was ex- exposed to white folks in a way that I'd never been exposed to them before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's when I, where I start to develop this affinity for football. Got into football by my senior year, I was ranked number one player in the state. Mm. I ended up winning Gatorade Player of the Year for Delaware, and I get a full scholarship to Syracuse. Wow. What position were you playing at that time? So I was a running back. I was Gatorade Player of the Year for running back. Okay. I was a, I was a dog. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, they, I mean, they recruited me. I was supposed to be... Uh, the Lindell White. And we had this kid from Ohio who was supposed to be Reggie Bush. Mm. And from Philly, we had a couple of running backs. But um, got to Syracuse. I majored in IT marketing. So I have dual degrees in IT and marketing. Mm. And my graduate degree is from Newhouse in advertising. Mm. I was a senior captain at Syracuse. Um, team MVP. Ended up tearing my meniscus twice. And so I got invited Yikes. to the combine, but didn't participate, didn't get drafted, but mm. went undrafted to Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, mid-season, they switched. I, I moved over to the Houston Texans. Did well there. My second year, they moved me to fullback. You was and, there with Watt? Oh, so me and Watt were the same year. Oh, me and J.J. Watt were the same year. Um, and I was a linebacker when I first got there. So I was in a room with D'Amico Ryans. We had Brian Cushing. Mm. We had some dogs on the defense. J.J. Sure. Watt was a, a rookie. Jonathan Joseph was over there. Mm. Uh, and then my second year, they moved me to fullback. So I was in a room with Arian Foster, Ben Tate. Mm. We had Lawrence Vickers, mm. uh, Justin. I forget his last name. We had some dogs. Put it that way. Mm. And I mean, with with the league, like I said, I started my second year at fullback until in practice I hurt my neck, career-ending neck injury. My fourth vertebrae is compressed. Wow. But I was able to use the league and just learn from these experts at their craft, like people who reached the highest level in this arena. And they always were able to just put up when the lights came on. And mm. so I just sat back, I studied, I watched the OGs in the locker room, watched how they move, watched how they study film. Um, and I would say that affected my life because I was able to take that same mentality and that same work ethic into advertising, which is what I did right after football. Mm. Yeah, so I, was, I read that you had a, a brief stint at RGA. Yeah, man, I worked at 360i and I worked at RGA. Mm. But how did you even, how do you even balance being an athlete, um, a D1 athlete, as well as, you know, um, getting your degrees. Like, how did you, what what habits did you have to even be able to balance that? I know that's a struggle sometimes for, for college athletes. I had discipline and I had structure at home. I had mm. parents who held me accountable throughout my life. Mm. And so to manage things like that and to succeed in anything that I put my foot forward in, like, it was just, that was the expectation growing up. So at college, it wasn't any different. I came to Syracuse as an engineer major. And so for me to get two degrees in IT and marketing, that was easy compared to, to one engineering degree. Mm. And so for me, I was like, all right, like if I, if I can't do engineering, like I might as well just get two degrees. I'm here five years. Mm. And then with... Uh, Did you look at it as a backup plan or you looked at it as like, let me just get it because I'm interested, but my, I really want to do football? Oh, hell no, man. Football. I knew I had an expiration date. Like, mm. I, I wasn't at Alabama. I mean, Syracuse ain't no chopped liver. Yeah, yeah we were, we're, we're a D1 <laughs> school. Um, but for me, it, it was never about that. It was more so about, oh, shit, I'm going to college. I, I just so happened to be really good at football. Oh. 
And with college, I knew that knowledge, they're not going to take that away from me. Football, man, like I said, two knee surgeries and an injured neck, a lifetime, life, lifetime neck injury by 23 <laughs> I'd rather yeah. put my eggs in the, the yeah, education exactly. basket yeah. over. Yeah, football. yo, it's ill to read the words retired. Yeah, at twenty three, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's wild, man. But I mean, it's the lifestyle. Yeah, and uh, if once you get to the league, you just realize that it's a job. It's just a really well paying job. And when you get a really well paying job, you're going to go the extra mile to to get paid that that well paid salary. Sure. And with that, man, like it's it's times where you'll wake up and you. The sacrifice that you have to make in the NFL is different because now you sacrifice your body. Mm -hmm. You sacrifice your mental health. You sacrifice your future self. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so when you look at it in those terms, it only makes sense for you to invest in something that won't hurt those things. Right. You know I mean, yeah. and, and with education, like it just seemed like the, the right idea. Absolutely. Because they can't take that from you. Hell no, man. Like they can't take my mind, 100%. especially if I exercise it. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, in advertising, you were saying, Franz, you moved on to... So I moved after the NFL. I did a brief uh, internship. My first internship ever was in Boulder, Colorado, mm. uh, which was super cool. Went out there. I saw parts of the world that I'd never seen before, and it was because of football. It was because of Syracuse and things like that. Uh, after that internship, I came to New York City. I worked in advertising for four years, and it was cool because I go from the NFL, which is the top of the line, for football. Mm -hmm. And then when I get in advertising, my first internship is at Crispin Porter Bogusky, which is in Boulder. Mm. And they were agency of the decade from mm. for the for the two thousand or nineteen nineties to two thousand era. I get to three sixty I, which at the time was like the two or three time reigning agency of mm -hmm. the year, global social agency of the year and mm -hmm. search. And then after that I go to RGA, which is like top of the line advertising agency in the world as well. And so I've always just been surrounded by excellence. Mm. And at each step, I was able to learn from the, the top people in the game and just absorb that knowledge and that wisdom and just see how these people move. When I was at RGA, I sat in front of Bob, who's Bob Greenberg, the R in the GA. Mm. Oh, shit. And, like, with him, man, like, he super humble, would come up to himself, like, talk to me on the steps, mm. introduced himself the first time we'd ever seen each other. And then I just watched them move, like have little side conversations with them here and there. But that was what I was always used to and what I was surrounded by. Mm. And for me, I was like, oh, shit. Like, if I'm able to do this with the NFL, with 360i, with RGA, meeting with Bob, and they see something in me, and I'm, worth, and I'm worthy to be in these rooms with these people, then, I mean, I belong in that pantheon amongst them as well. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, I just... That's how I got to this point today. Mm, I got dude. fired from RGA, or let go, as my fiance told me to say. I got <laughs> let go from RGA. Um, they took some money from my department, and I had a choice to make. And, I, I mean, I won the meatball competition by this time. We had been in Smorgasburg. We had sold out every week. Wow. And my product is the shit, man. Yeah, we got to try Yeah, hell yeah. That. I should have bought some today, but we, I ain't cooked yet. So but I, I got, we got you, got I time. promise. Yeah, yeah. We going to pull up, too. Yeah, absolutely. Come through. <laughs> so... Let's get back to the uh, the origin of what made you decide to go with meatballs. Mm. So the meatballs, man, I uh, like I said, I went to Syracuse, and in grad school, I wasn't on the meal plan, and so I would have to cook for myself. Mm. And one day I came home, and I was hungry. I had some meat in the fridge. I had some sauce. I had a bunch of shit in the cupboard, and I, I just was like experimenting, put a bunch of things in the, in the pot. And the sauce that came out was so good that I called my best friend at the time, like, yo, we got a winner. Come Let me through. Ask you a question. Was 
Were you uh, on something else? You <laughs> no, I'm not allowed. I, mean, I, was, you know I was a saying? football player. I couldn't smoke like, anything. Me, okay, <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, <laughs> let me see what we got you, here. Like. Uh, uh, We're going to do meatballs. <laughs> but, but it's also like this It's this curiosity factor to it as well. And I think it's a, an extension of my personality. Right, right. Did so, you cook you, prior? Like, were you like always the one like, yo, come to your I room? Was had always the curious chef about it. I was always curious about it. I was also always curious about it. We couldn't go home as athletes for Thanksgiving. And so I would cook for my teammates. Oh, sweet. And and everybody would just come to the crib. And so I was that guy. You know what I mean? And so it just started to develop. And when I created the sauce, the meatball wasn't there yet, but mm. the sauce was there. And I knew like, mm. oh, all I got to do is just fine tune this one thing that just so happens to go with the sauce. Mm. And when I was working at 360i, right before I went to RGA, my boss at the time had told me about a meatball competition in Brooklyn. Like, oh, I did this for ice cream. They're having a meatball competition. You should enter it. Mm. Entered the meatball competition. I'm in there against these decrepit Italian grandmas. Mm. Oh, I mean, like 20 of them. And then I got grandma's granddaughter in there next to me. And uh, I knew I was on something. recipe. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean? And, and it's traditional. Like, it's something traditional about mm -hmm. it. But it's, it's vanilla. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then for me to be a black man that comes into the space yep. and that adds something beyond that vanilla... I mean, like I had to to bring some type of spice to it. So yeah, I tasted homegirl shit next to mine, and it tastes it tastes like grandma. Yeah. It was cool. You know what I mean, like they cooked their tomato sauce for a good six hours. That shit was chunky. You know what yeah, I mean, you had to bring that sauce. Like, yeah, literally that OG. Too. Yeah, yeah. You put that OG on anything, and shit is crack. Who, who, <laughs> who, who, who the first person that tried it was like, yo, this shit crazy. So my my best friend, and I'm I'm okay. the godfather of his daughter. His name is Bruce, right. and um, he, he's friend. a foodie. He gave you the cosign, like not even. He just he eats. <laughs> he, he eats. Anybody who eats gonna like yeah, the right. sauce. But he's like, but, like, like, he's like you got a tongue. Yeah, yeah. But but I knew. I knew that I'd never tasted anything like it. And I mean, the person I am, I, I'm not going to do it because you like it. Like, once I taste it and I'm, I trust my palate, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say, oh, this is the best sauce I've ever had. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm going to stand sure. by that motherfucking comment. <laughs> and so, I mean, moms, this, moms ain't like, oh, well, nah, you can't cook better, cook better than me. You can't make this. And then, how the no, family when the family mom, tried it? She makes me cook when I come home now because she cooked for me my whole life. My mom was a nurse. So, my mom was a nurse. Like, she worked mm. overnight. My entire life. Mm. And so for her, she would wake up. My mom would get home from work at 7 a.m. She would cook dinner for our family. So our family was six people strong. My, my youngest sister has a disability. So she would cook dinner for the family, take care of my little sister, make sure she got to the bus, sleep, and then wake up, heat up all the food so everybody had warm food when they got home, and go to work and do that. That's up a, until a, I would say strong, the last three months, man. and so like with something like that, Shout it's an honor for me to come home and she tell me to get into the kitchen because she got a lot of practice, and for her to trust my my practice yep. and, and my my food, like I'm I'm honored that my mom now hands that responsibility to me because because of how she handled it throughout life, I understood the responsibility that comes with it, and for her to see that. Yeah, you know I mean, like I'm, I'm able to carry that for her, man. I, I do that anytime I go home. I'm always the one in the kitchen. It's, she ain't even gotta say nothing. Respect, respect. You and I had uh, just a brief conversation <laughs> before we started recording, mm -hmm. and you told a very interesting story that I think other people should know. So tell like us, Uber. Yeah. Well, with with Amaze Balls, man. Like it first, it was called Ninety Nine Meatballs, and so I'll, I'll get back to the story. Like I, I got fired from my job. And the decision I made was, 
to just bet on myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like I had I had an LLC, I had an EIN, I had I literally had every single thing I needed to run a business. Now it just needed my undivided attention. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I went home and I called my mom first and I told her what I was going to do. And I said, I got let go from my job. I'm going to try to be an entrepreneur full time. I've never failed at anything in my life, and this won't be any different. Mm. Click, hung up with her. Mm. Then I called my lady, who was my girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. and I told her the same spiel. Like, look. This is the plan. This is, this is the plan. This, this is a plan. This is not me just jumping out on a whim. Mm. The plan is, is still in my mind, but here is the end goal of it, and I'm going to show you how I'll get to it. It wasn't just me saying some shit. And then after I hung up with her, man, I prayed. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I prayed so long, like literally on my knees prayed. Like now I'll get into bed and I'll like say some silent shit in my head. <laughs> I mean, I got a lady. It's Give a little... God the comfortable yeah, prayer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed to play in front of my lady, but I also feel like there's, there's this. Head, like, yeah. yeah. But it's a type of intimacy that you have with God yeah, when you're sure. alone. Mm. Absolutely. And so for me. And, and I know that entrepreneur's prayer. It should be like a, that should oh, be yeah. a thing. The entrepreneur's <laughs> prayer. That should be send me a bag. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fact, I'll just stretch man. my bag. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, but yeah. I, I prayed, and it's, it's for, for since then. Yeah, you know I mean, like it's just it's been coming in, it's been coming in. Nice. And after I prayed, like I didn't have a job for at least a month. Mm-hmm. And the wild thing is, I was just in the background. I'm in the dark. I'm a cancer, so like I, I have a shell. This is this is what my lady tells me. So she tells me all about my horoscopes. She actually has an app <laughs> on my phone called CoStar. When she checks if I'm in a bad mood, she'll look at it and be like, oh, oh wow. fucking Saturn's and whatever, yeah. retrograde. I don't even know what that means, but she'll be like, ah, okay. How you okay. gonna tell me how I feel? Yeah, right? <laughs> but it's true. It's true. Yo, you ever did numerology too? such a thing. Possibly. I got a, a birth chart. reggaeton right now. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> but I got a birth chart and she, she knows exactly how I'm feeling before I do. Crazy. But with that. You know what I mean? Like, I go into my shell, and I'll, I'll go into a, a hiding place, and I'll just work. Yeah. And then I'll present it to to whoever needs to see it. And so I'm just working. I'm putting on my menu. I got my shit online. I'm out here. I mean, I tried to I tried to go model. You know what I mean? Like, I'm handsome. I went to a modeling ADC, and then my homeboy's like, yo, you don't pay for it. So I got my $400 back. Like, he's trying to jip my ass. <laughs> yo, that's crazy. Oh, you I went was to desperate. One of them agencies, uh, I tried one of them too. Yo, before, yeah, yo. like one of these, I forget the name They asked you for like $1,000. My yeah. little cousin did that. Man, I, I sent them like 400 okay. and then the, the day after, I was like, hey, I'm sorry. They they, they gassed me up. They were like, They gave oh, you the breath gosh. back? Nobody has a look like you. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> Here's my money. <laughs> So I mean, but I got out of that, mm-hmm. and then I just stayed true to what I knew, man. Like I, I had the meatballs, and I kept pushing it. And then that month after, the company that fired me, uh, one of the people in there ran like the Black Employee Network, Word. and he hired me to cater the meeting. Mm. And so I go in there a month prior, as a as a person who was walked out by HR. Wow. And then I come back with my fucking catering bag, and, your and I'm certain I'm our client. Yeah. I mean, and so. From there, it was validation that I was doing something right. Mm. Keep putting up the menu. Somebody else hit me up. Boom, we got a uh, catering opportunity in the Bronx. The first one, we're going to test it out. And then after that, we're going to keep picking up. I've been doing that service for three years. Wow. After that, I get uh, in touch with Bed Bath Beyond. Mm. And they bring me on to be their resident chef. And then we also get to produce content for Bed Bath Beyond as well. It's fire. With that content, I start to put that online. And a friend of mine who I used to work with works with a company called Tastemade. 
Tastemade mm. sees it, and then they're like, oh, like we would like to bring you on for these four videos, do the four videos, kill that shit. They fly me out to L.A., I'll do 12 videos. Wow. Those pick up traction, go back out to L.A., I'm doing the Disney show. And this is all within one year. Wow. But it's also because like I just took time. Like I took, I stopped the full-time job, and I, I literally put all of my time into building a brand. Mm. And I mean, it's it's not just meatballs. Like it's is more to it. Like I go to these places and it's just like a feeling. Yeah. We'll go to some companies and we got lines around the the corner and it's all because when you eat it it's a feeling. We made the logo a grandma because it's inspired by a black grandma. Black too. grandma, you know what I mean? So, it's, it's my grandma. Oh, that's so, fire, yeah. bro. Yo, and so thank you. It's amazing. But the thing with it is I always wanted to spread love. And like another piece to me deciding to be full-time entrepreneur it was 2016, and it was the week of, you know, I don't know who it was who got shot by the cops, but it was literally like three people this whole week yeah, who got like shot. Yeah, it was like Castile and another oh, person that yeah. week. Yeah, I remember yeah, that yeah. week. I, crazy I remember that week. Whew. None and of the white people said nothing to me. Yo, and, I, and working at RGA is mostly white folks. Yeah. And, like, you have a couple, like, you'll have a couple of the, old, the older people in the company who will come up to you like, hey, man, like, I'm... I'm, I'm rooting for you, but nobody can actually feel what it feels oh, like. Yeah. Well, shout out to Craig for coming to my desk. He was the only person that said yeah? something. Yeah. yeah. And shout Everybody out to Craig. Like, <laughs> <"We're> <laughs> see you. Yeah, it's tough. They don't Sorry. know how to communicate. They that. don't know how to communicate yeah, it, yeah. and it, and you can't you can't um, you can't tell somebody how it feels when my fiance is telling me to be careful when I'm going outside to to get a drink. You know yeah. what I mean? From the bodega, or when I'm going to work to be careful because now I'm a target. And so with something like that, I was just tired, man. And I remember one day I came home and I had Public Enemy on. I always tell a story, but it, it was like the aha moment. And it was Public Enemy in the intro of Fight the Power. It's this snippet by Thomas Todd. And he talks about our best trained, best educated, best prepared, best equipped troops refuse to fight. And it's like they rather switch than fight. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, man, like at this point, man, I'm I'm a... Syracuse has a young alumni board, and so I'm, I'm I sit on their young alumni board. But we have direct access to donors, to the deans, to everybody in the university within the business school. I have connections with mm-hmm. in advertising. I got to work at the top of the top companies, and so I have access to those people. Right. When I'm in um, with sports, I still have access to athletes because like we play together, and it's just mutual respect. Right. And so thinking about how blessed I was and like how many resources that I had that other people aren't afforded. Mm. I just made the decision like, you know what? Like if I'm tired of something, what am I going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And I did what I had to do and I'm still doing it. And and to me, I think with entrepreneurship, anybody who's ever done it full time is not, it's not a business, especially, I mean, I don't know how, how it is to start another business after you start a first business. But if you do something that you're passionate about, it is not a business. It is literally a spiritual journey because you learn about yourself. You learn about yourself, but you learn about that thing in yourself. It's that thing that's lazy, but also unstoppable. And you Mm. learn how to not control it, but you learn how to say, all right, boom, we got to put this lazy shit to the side and we have to put up because if we don't, it is literally on me mm-hmm. to pay rent. Like I don't, I can't go to work and in two weeks expect a check if I don't literally go out and sell 
a hundred meatballs to make X amount of dollars to pay my rent. Mm-hmm. And because of that, like people don't realize if I get sick, I don't get money. You know what I mean? So I'm always on a bike. And so for me, it was like, all right, how do I introduce this 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 health thing into my regimen so that I'm able to actually function as an entrepreneur? Mm. Is mental health because as an entrepreneur, most of the time you are stuck in your thoughts. Like there's nobody there to talk to you. Mm. Like as an entrepreneur, like my, my fiance is at work most of the day in the field that I'm in. Is not I don't have employees to the point where we're always together now. Like I have employees where when I hire them, right? But I'm not with them. And then when it's when when you are starting out, every single thing is a thought. It is nothing that you have created yet, and there's nothing that you can react to until you actually create it. And just the mental hurdles that you go through to just create one thing. Mm-hmm. Especially at this point, like in the beginning, man, I just threw everything. I was like, I'm just trying a bunch of shit to see what works. Yeah. And then as you continue and you start to fine tune things, those decisions become harder and harder because you're no longer investing in things that might work. You're investing in things that do work. Mm-hmm. And now those things that do work require way more resources than the things that 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 you were trying out before, man. Yeah, exactly. And that's the piece that people don't realize about entrepreneurship. It is a test on all levels of humanity. Mm-hmm. Like every single thing that you can think about, man, it, it, at the core of it, it is a spiritual, yeah. a spiritual man. And, I have and, a few questions for you on that, but before Nat bounces. Um... So I want to take it back to the sauce a little bit because I'm I like to cook mm-hmm. sort of but I never think like let's make a sauce or mm-hmm. let me make something. So what was it that actually got you to want to make a sauce? And you must have like explored that if, you know, you go in there and you end up actually making something. Well, with the sauce, I had, I made it by accident, but I knew that I'd never tasted something so good. And with the OG I've literally sold only the OG sauce for three years, and wow. I've been able to live off of one sauce. That's crazy. But if you think about something that is simple, like if you just execute something simple really well, then you start with a super small scope and you just allow it to grow. Opposed to you just like, oh, I want to do uh, gluten-free meatballs right off the jump. You don't know if that shit going to sell. You don't even know if, it's, if if people like it. Yeah. But with that one sauce... I knew it was so good that everybody would like it. For sure. <laughs> and it's proven true. Right. And from an accident. So I would say, mm-hmm. like, I started with the sauce from an accident, but I realized I had something when I tried it. And then I just created the scope. Like, all right, what do I have? With Thomas Todd's uh, uh, intro, what what can I use to help? You know what I mean? And, like, and I had, had a sauce. Like, as weird as it sounds. Right. But I had a sauce, and I could sell that sauce because it was so good. Three years, man. One one product. That's cool. Do you see yourself like expanding and creating more sauces? Oh, absolutely. But I mean, with the with the OG, the the way we've done it is to make to make ends meet each month. I do corporate caterings, right? With the corporate caterings, I serve this one product. It has a bowl of roll, chicken, beef, or tofu, all in the OG sauce, and then you load it with as many toppings as you like. And with that concept. The whole idea is for it to be as fast as possible, like an express line where you get premium food mm-hmm. super fast and you can get back to what you have to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and so we just focused on that for, for three years straight. We focused on speed and every piece of it, man. We're like we've we've designed it so we could fit every single thing into the back of a Camry. 
Because wow. as an entrepreneur, like I, I still to this day I don't have a car to to deliver my meatballs. Right. And so with New York City in general, if I had a car, I couldn't park it. Right. And so That's I insane. had to figure out how to fit everything in the back of an Uber pool. Especially when I first got fired, like I I was living off of unemployment checks because yeah. I got fired, I could get unemployment. Right, living off of unemployment checks, I can't afford a full Uber. Yeah, I've I've delivered meatballs on the MTA. You know what I mean, like I'm I'm on the MTA hard. with a red yeah. bag and a cart folded right. up, so that when I get off the train, I can roll my cart to a delivery catering. Right, but from the and jump, that's what real entrepreneurship looks like, and that's what I, I love for. Guests like you to come on so our, our audience can really hear this. The, yeah, man. The, the transition and whatnot. What I'm really super impressed by is just your um your confidence and your de- decision making to make that shift. Seeing that light bulb that went off in your head and having an epiphany like, yo, this can be something. This can be a business. Oh, yeah. Having the confidence in yourself to submit your sauce, even though you were com- competing mm-hmm. with other cultures that are more famous for their sauces or whatnot, yeah. and be able to like really own that space. I really respect you for that, brother. Thank you. Um. I wanted to ask, what did you, what was the one thing you learned about yourself when you shifted into this entrepreneur journey with 99 Eats? I will say. That even took you by surprise about yourself, if it was anything. I, I think it's spiritual. Like, it's, mm. it's something that's spiritual. And, um, like, growing up, my, my parents are pastors. And so I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've always studied the Bible. We would go to the Bible all mm. of the time. But with, the Bible, you always hear it through somebody else's context until you actually like you read it or at some point you just got to live it. Like, yeah. You got to actually try to yep. live. Yeah. I mean, not l- try to live like Jesus. Yeah. Like if you if you think about the Bible, if you try to live like Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. And with Jesus, you think about it. All right. It's sacrifice. All right. So so at the core of it is sacrifice. Like you, you put sacrifice forward in order to um, get something out of it. And with sacrifice, it's always going to be temptations that come along the way that you have to fight. Mm. And if you know these things mm. and you know that if we strive to be like a Jesus, th- there comes a point where you'll be tested and you'll mm. become Peter and you'll be told you'll walk on the water and, and you'll be able to walk on the water. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you to then continue to walk on the water or to allow those outside things and those outside thoughts to, to make you sink in mm-hmm. the water like a Peter. And so with something like entrepreneurship, man, you like you gotta walk in faith. That is the key. You like you gotta be like Jesus in the sense that you have to believe <laughs> wholeheartedly that what you are doing is the right thing. Because ultimately, man, like it is the ultimate sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And when I say when you gotta live like Jesus, that is the key. You gotta realize that when you undertake something like entrepreneurship, it is the ultimate sacrifice. You have to be willing to put up with every single thing that comes along with it, or you'll sink. Mm-hmm. Like Peter, man, like you're gonna be Peter. You gonna you gonna live like Jesus. Like you gotta pick which one. Absolutely. And for me, I've learned that everything is with within me. Like the, every 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 single thing that I have to do that is within my control, I am capable of doing because I've practiced. I've practiced for three years straight putting myself in uncomfortable positions and mm. trying to fail. And then once I do fail, like I I come back and I prove myself wrong. Mm. What do and you mean trying to fail? Trying to fail, man. Like I, for instance, we jumped, I got into Smorgasburg, right? And the first time I got into Smorgasburg was because I said, I got a good product. 
I won an award show or, or, or um, a competition. Mm-hmm. Yo, I'm going to jump into this and just see, see if it works. You know what I mean? With something like that, man, I've never gone to culinary school in my life. Like, I've literally learned everything about food on my own just wow. by making mistakes. Like, it took me two years to be able to fit everything into a Camry. But now it just seems easy. Like, it seems like like second nature. Like, oh, yeah, you have to have these. All you need is these items and, and you're good. Right. But before that, like, if you don't practice this thing over time and you just go out and you say, all right, like, I, I don't know how to do this the right way, but I know how to do it my way. Like, I know mm. how I know mm. there's a way to do it because of, others have done it. Right. And I may not know how they've done it, but I know there's a way to do it. And so, therefore, I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to keep figuring out how to do it better and better. And that's what I mean by trying to fail. Mm. Like, I always just push myself to do better than I did before. Like, I, I went from ordering all of my groceries from a delivery from Fairway to now going right to the source. But mm. it took me time to do things like that. Mm. But if I, if I would have said, damn, like, these groceries are so expensive. And I just stopped at that and said, man, I can't afford to do right. this. Instead, like, I took the risk and said, I live on unemployment. I'm taking trains to drop off caterings. But I'm still willing to invest this money in these expensive-ass groceries because I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to learn. And so, like, there's a certain courage that comes with somebody just just doing stuff, not even knowing what they're doing, but doing it. And when you see those results, it makes you keep going. And then once you keep going, eventually you'll get good at it. (laughs) There's no way you could continue to do something and not become good at it. And that's how it was with meatballs, man. Like, I practiced over the years with the meatballs. The sauce was the fucking bomb. And then, man, I just kept... I keep churning like mm-hmm. till this day, man, I'm and I've learned over the past three years that I'm unstoppable. Mm. Like anything I want to do, I can do. Yep. And I, 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 I truly believe it. And it's mm. not even a belief at this point. Like I truly know it. Mm. I know exactly what I'm capable of. And being an entrepreneur, man, it makes me feel unstoppable. Mm. And I mean, I got a, I also got a, a bomb ass support system. Shout out to my lady, Johnny Blanco, <laughs> at home because like she's she's my foundation. For sure. But mm. I am so confident, so confident, man. Like anything I want to do, I can do. And I learned that from doing entrepreneurship. It's amazing. It's amazing. Boom. Yeah, man. That, yeah. That's that's the that's the sauce. <laughs> Yo, no I'll be honest with you, man. Like I want to try this damn sauce. Word. Yeah, man. Dude, I gotta the, try. The coolest thing about the sauce is like. We've lived underground like nobody, no, a lot of people have not even tasted it. But I'll go around the city. I don't know if it's is because it's named Amazeballs, just just like a super popular name. Like everybody uses it. Mm-hmm. But I'll say I own Amazeballs and people are like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, like I've had it. Or like, oh, my friend wow. had it. Or I've heard of it. And for me, like, yo, like this was an idea mm-hmm. and it exists Mm. And it's tangible, and I can touch it, and I can affect people, mm. and that's that's what it's all about, man. Like I I go to a catering, and people come up to me after, and they thank me. Wow. Like I've never I've never gone to a restaurant where I felt uh, inspired to go back <laughs> and say thank you for a meal. That's crazy. And because of that, like yo, it started with me wanting to spread love. Like yo, we we got all this fucking hate in the world, mm-hmm. and Thomas Todd told me. Like, yo, it's your responsibility to combat that. And right. what are you going to use to do it? Boom. We got meatballs. It's love. We spread love through food. Right. That's the mission. And when people come back and they thank me for my food, my mission is accomplished. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep accomplishing it. You know what I mean? And, 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 it, and it validates the work that I'm putting into it. Mm-hmm. And so, man, I'm, I'm always 
Right. Always That's phenomenal. Because even even um, what I even like for our audience to hear is when you, right when you were thinking about starting your business you knew to go and get your LLC and EIN number. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's key. And a lot of sometimes these creators forget about the business side of things mm-hmm. and why you should secure these things in your trademark and different stuff like that. Yeah. So I thought that was dope. What was the biggest challenge you encountered when um when doing your brand? I got a cramp on my leg. <laughs> I ride the bike everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Stretching. But I, I ride a bike everywhere, so I'm crapping up my leg. No, it's all um, good, bro. So you said, what was my biggest... Biggest challenge, yeah. Would, I, I would say this year is my biggest challenge. This is this has been the hardest year I've ever had in my life, mm. but it's also been the coolest yeah. year I've ever had in Just my life. Just the biggest growth year as well? or Oh, yeah. Mm. Like, I've, I've grown both personally and uh, 99 Eats has grown tremendously as well. Mm-hmm. And so for me... This year, I've lost so much money. Like, I've I've thrown Been so there. much money at this business, mm-hmm. and I'm fucking broke. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I've put so many resources mm. into it. I've put so much time into it. And because of that time and, and, and sacrifice and just, like, so much sweat, man. Mm-hmm. But the validation for me isn't monetary anymore. Like, mm. like it's it, the struggle is... For me to continue to, to, to do what I love. Because when I go home and say I had, like a couple weeks ago, I had a 23-hour day. 23-hour day and I did it. And I didn't break a sweat. Like I wasn't thinking about it like, man, fuck this. Like I'm, I want to go back. Right. It was nothing in me that said, don't do this. Everything in me said, you got to do this. Mm. You have to do this because now you have that responsibility of a creator. Right. You know what I mean? Like the responsibility of a creator is to take care of the thing that you created. And when I created this brand, like, that's what I intended to do. And so this year has been extremely hard because I created it with a purpose. My purpose is to spread love through food. And when you do that and you invest every single thing that you have into it, yo, money is going to go. Like, it's going to go, but it's also going to go up. It's yeah. going to be spikes. Yep. It's going to be spikes. And every so often, like, that's that's the God in it. You know what I mean? Like, God to throw a little spike He'll throw you a little bag where you don't expect it. And you like, damn. Yeah, that happened. At the beginning of the month, yo, I didn't even know like I would have this money, but now I'm able to pay all of these things and mm-hmm. I have an abundance. Yep. But before that, like I I didn't even know that I would be in this position and I was scared. But like I kept that courage. You know what I mean? And so for me, this year is tough because I'm doing every single thing that I want. Yeah. I've traveled, I'm an ambassador for Subway sandwiches. You know what I mean? Nice. Like with Tastemade, I've traveled to Brazil. I went to Toronto earlier this year. I just got back from L.A. I did a event in Dallas where I present in front of 3,000 people. You know what I mean? Like, Amazeballs is in Barclays Center. We're in Smorgasburg. We've been written up in the New York Post. We're in Thrillers. We're in Eater. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in I'm in caterings, and we got lines around the, uh, around the, the, the hall at BuzzFeed. Amazing. Doing 230 orders in two hours. Wow. And for me, like, every single thing I set out to do... I do it, mm-hmm. and I execute that shit with with the with the most complete thoroughness that I have to execute it with because I practice it. But then on the flip side of that shit, man, like it takes so much out of you. Like I'm exhausted. My right. pockets are exhausted. My body is exhausted. My mind is exhausted. You know what I mean? Like it affects my relationship with my lady. She got a job where she traveling most of the time, and like mm-hmm. we don't get to see each other that often. 
And when we do, I'm stuck in my thoughts sometimes. Right. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, luckily, we got therapy, so it's good. Right. But it's things like that that you don't think about when you get into entrepreneurship. And when shit gets down, when it gets down to it, like, I've been doing this two years. Like, I ain't, I ain't do this two years in order for it to be where it was two years ago. Facts. Mm. And for it to get to the point where it is now, I put so much time, sweat, sacrifice, and money into it. And I'm seeing what it's doing. But yo, man, this shit is so stressful, man. Like it's mm-hmm. so stressful to come home and your lady telling you, "Oh, let's go to, a, let's go on a trip, man. Like I'm, we, let's go here, let's go here." And you like, damn, man. Like I don't even know how I'm gonna pay for <laughs> yeah, these word, fucking meatballs. And you want to go to Hawaii? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like it's you want to go to the park? <laughs> it's tough, man. But like, yo, like it is, it's, it's so worth it. Like word. I've never done anything this scary, this hard, or this fun. In my life. Mm. So this has been the toughest year for me, but it's also been the, the coolest. If I told people what I do, like right. my day-to-day job, half people wouldn't believe me. Yeah. But it is cool, man. Like I, I live a cool ass life, man. It's amazing. Hell yeah. That's amazing, brother. Yeah. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Hell yeah, I appreciate it. Very got Two questions that we ask people before we get out of here. The mm-hmm. first one, I'm gonna have to freak it a little bit. Three albums, the 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 perfect meatball playlist, or three albums that you in the kitchen, lights is low, mm-hmm. you alone, you got your headphones or a speakers blaring, and you prep it, whatever. Three albums that get you through that. All right, so we're gonna start off with Alice Coltrane, Journey to I think mm. it's like Sechuana or some shit like that. Listen, that shit. But tight. every single every single um track on that album, it's like eight songs maybe. But every single one like builds up and it tells a story. Like you listen to something about John Coltrane. Like you could you could feel what John Coltrane is like mm. through that music. And with meatballs, like it's the vibrations. Like I'm I'm a meatball freak. And so like when you cook and you put those vibrations into it, man, mm. like it just gets you into the the mood. Yeah, like it sets thing. you up. It's like a very smooth intro to it. And then once we get into it, it's it's two feelings. Like it's either we go with Frank Ocean. Because we had a Frank Ocean batch. I would say two weeks ago we had a Frank Ocean batch. We played it, and this batch has been the best meatball batch I've ever uh, in my life. Mm. Like, like guaranteed. Mm. And it's because of the music. It's because of the frequency and the space. Mm. And then lastly, this may be an odd one, but DMX. DMX is my favorite rapper, and the album I'm talking about is is Dark and Hell is Hot. Uh, it's Dark and the Oven's Hot, y'all. Yeah, and the <laughs> Oven's Hot. Yeah, man. <laughs> but, like, that album is cool because it takes you through... He 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 showcases every single style. Like, mm-hmm. he got some shit where you feel rowdy before a football game. He has something where you, you take your lady in the bedroom, and you're like, all right, what's up? Yeah. He got some hood shit in there, and then he also got things for the club. Yeah. And so you're able to to get a complete album in one album. Yeah. And because of that, like, like it's cool because I relate to it. And so like the 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 story of those three albums, and I, I actually listen to these three albums quite a bit when I'm making meatballs. With Frank Ocean, it's not really an album, it's just a playlist. Yeah. But I listen to these three because like it kind of tells the story of of like my transition to entrepreneurship. hundred percent. Yeah, right. so those three. So, and, uh, such a good collection. Yeah. Our last question is, we ask everybody this. What drives you? <sighs> love. Mm. Like at the at the end of it is 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 love because mm. I think that I've been able to finally define what it is. Like 
with, with love is it's so subjective because it's based on your experiences. It's based on how you received it, how you gave it, um, the feedback you've gotten over time. But when you love what you do, like really love what you do, it is like being in a relationship. Because I'm mm. sure like when my parents, like I'm not a, a, a mother or a father yet. My fiance is not a mother yet, but I'm sure like with a child, not even sure. I know with a child, you got to practice patience. You have to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. You have to do things when you're tired that you don't want to do. You know what I mean? Like it's days where you say, man, fuck this. But you have a responsibility and you have accountability to that thing to make sure it nurtures and grows because you decided to create it. Yep. And so just like with child, like with children and with entrepreneurship, that's what pushes me, man. Like I love it. Mm. I I love what I do. You know what I mean, like it's is nothing that I can imagine doing outside of this anymore because I've done it and I've done it at the highest level throughout mm -hmm. my entire life. And this right here gives me a feeling more fulfilling than all of those things because I'm not doing it for anybody else anymore. Mm. Like I'm doing it for me and mine, my family, my future family. I'm doing this for us. Mm. And because of that, like I've never I've never had these type of lights shown on me. I could get college football lights, Notre Dame, you know what I mean, Friday night lights on me. I can get you get the NFL lights on you and you gotta perform. Yeah. But when you in the dark, you know what I mean? Like you creating whatever you create in your hiding place and you present it to the world and those lights are shown on you mm -hmm. and you literally have to be accountable to yourself and the people that you are accountable to in this world, man, that's a different type of light. Mm. And when you when you show up in that one, man, like you you show something to yourself, mm -hmm. and because of that, man, like I love it, I love this. So yes, love, amazing. Dude. I don't think we got love before. Nah, I don't think so either. Where can we find you on the interwebs? Oh man, so um, Relly Crocker is my Instagram. Ninety nine Relly Crocker, Relly Crocker, Relly <laughs> <laughs> Crocker, and, and Relly, yeah. And then uh, Ninety Nine Eats on Instagram. We got an Amazeballs and we probably change it. Cool thing about Amazeballs too is that we're still underground. Mm -mm. We live in a catering space, which is cool. It's a cool space because you get money from corporate. Yep. But people don't know who you are. Right. And so you're able to go to people who have a lot of money and to them, a lot of money or a little bit of money is a lot of money to an entrepreneur. Right. And so if you can get that direct line, mm -hmm. you could kind of like play around with it before you present it to the physical world. Got yeah. it. But... Them bitches is coming. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Uh, on October 21st, we got our first game at the Barclays Center. We got a three-game trial. We'll be there for a few basketball games. I'll wow. put that shit up on the 9090 social media yeah. channels and also my We're going to share that, too, with our newsletter. Yeah, absolutely, right please. Sure. But, yeah, man, we'll we'll be there. We'll, we'll probably be at Smorgasburg starting in the spring. We may do winter. We'll see. You said that's November 21st? November 21st. This podcast will be out by November 21st. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we'll add yeah, that in the newsletter. Please, please. Absolutely. And so, yeah, man, like, we... we we're we're still in our hiding place, but very soon we gonna present ourselves to the world, man. And I'm I'm excited. Amazing, brother. Shout out to you. Congratulations, man. Thank you, man. I, I, love, I love your story. I, I love you. Very inspiring, man. I'm Thank glad you. we got to, you know, talk and speak um, a little bit deeper about, you know, just your journey and, you know, your, your shift with Maze Balls and the whole brand behind it. Like, it's, it's, it's really genius and it's super inspirational, man. I appreciate for it. Real. Super Absolutely. dope. Thank you. Thanks for coming, D. Yeah. Indeed. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Mm. All right now. Mm. 
Stay driven. Mm. Wow. Stay driven, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>